Welcome to the Heroes of Brand Protection podcast, episode 10. I'm your host, Daniel Shapiro, Vice President of Brand Relations at Redpoints, the world's fastest growing brand protection solution with a mission to make the internet safer for both brands and consumers. In these podcasts, we'll share stories and industry insights from some of the leading experts in brand protection and anti-counterfeiting from many different industries. We are so happy you could join us today. Please check out all of our episodes at www.redpoints.com forward slash podcast. Today, we're thrilled to be speaking with Dr. Marion Mosner, Head of Trademarks and Domain at Belron Group, which for those of you who may not know, in the U.S., that means Safe Light Auto Glass and throughout Europe, Car Glass. Our first guest wanted to be a garbage truck driver, then a journalist, and then finally realizing she wanted to study law. In her early career, Marion was a trademark examiner for the German Patent and Trademark Office, and that's when she fell in love with trademark law. She began working 14 years ago for the Belmont Group, and it's extremely happy. Marion, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we're thrilled to have you. Yeah, hi, Daniel. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here today. Uh, listen, I think that we should uh, let everyone know that Marianne is the head of Trademarks and Domain at the Belron Group. And I guess one of the things I always think about as I'm drinking my coffee is, how many coffees does it take you to get your day started, Marianne? Yeah, I um, I normally get one early in the morning just to get started instead of breakfast. And then I need a second one around 11 o'clock to keep me going until lunch. And that's about it. That's it. No afternoon coffee to get that, get you through dinner. Normally not. I try not to. Very good. That's awesome. Hey, and, and what do you think about when I, when I think about sometimes in our careers of, in our experience to how we got where we got to, is there a, a particular moment or something that's funny or resonates as one of those funny life experiences that have happened to you as you've built your career? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 14 years ago, when I had my second interview at Belron, um, I, I was invited to visit their London offices and I went to London Heathrow and there I was picked up. So a limousine came um, to drive me to their offices. And after a quite a long journey, actually, the driver went into a golf course. And I was kind of upset because I didn't expect that. So I, I kind of thought maybe this is a criminal, you know, and he's driving me somewhere. Um, but then I was very relieved because I saw that actually they, their offices were in a very old and historic building in the middle of a golf course, which I now know is, is was called um, the King's Observatory, TKO. And there was a, a normal um, interview going on. Um, so that was a real fun and exciting event for me. Have you been back to golf? No, I, I don't I don't play golf, but I've been to that office quite a lot since then for a couple of years. And then five, six years later, they unfortunately, they had to move out of that historic building into a new modern building. But that was um, a real fun event for me. Yeah, it sounds fun. That's a, that's a great story. Uh, when you think about how you got to where you got to, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a young person thinking, what do I want to do? Um, funnily, um, and I think that ties in with what um, another participant of, of the podcast said before, I wanted to be a garbage truck driver when I was really little, only three years old. 
I really like that orange car, you know, with that flashy lights and everything. So I found it super exciting to, to be driving that car. Um, but later on, when I got a little older, I um, wanted to be a journalist um, because I was really into words and telling stories. And I believe that ties in very well with becoming a, an attorney, because after all, we have to get to the bottom of things, really, and um, ask the right questions and break um, issues down, complex issues, you know, um, in a way which is convenient for our management to discuss them with our management. So I, I believe that that kind of ties in well with becoming an attorney. Yeah. And, and then how did you how did you sort of make the change? You know, how did you cross over from the idea of a journalist to uh, an IP lawyer? Well, I think um, as I as I got older, I just got a little more reasonable and I thought studying law is about the perfect door opener for so many different things. So that's I then opted uh, for law for legal studies. And um, yeah, and then uh, that's why I started law school, actually. And then what was your first job out of law school? So um, when I uh, finished law school, I started at the German Patent and Trademark Office as a trademark examiner, which was really funny. I learned so much there about trademark law. And funnily, I, I had never ever focused on trademark law before. So during my studies, I had no idea that uh, it exists basically. Um, but in the German Patent and Trademark Office, I found that this is an excellent um, area of law and that it is right for me. So I kind of fell in love with trademark law there. That's interesting. So it wasn't your it wasn't your field of study, but you 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 came to sort of appreciate it later on. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. And then, uh, how long have you been at the Bellron Group? So the interview I just mentioned on the golf course that was in two thousand seven, uh, in early two thousand seven. So it'll be fourteen years that I'm I'm working at Bellron now. Well, that's great. That's a that's a that's a good gig. Uh, let me ask you this: Maybe for those people who are listening to us today, maybe share a little bit of information about an overview of Belron for those that don't uh, know it, and what does the company do, and where is it headquartered, and where does it do business around the world? Absolutely, um, Belron is the worldwide leader in vehicle glass repair and replacement. And it has more than 10 major brands uh, worldwide, including car glass in Central Europe, Autoglass in the UK, and Safelite Autoglass in the US. And it has almost uh, 30,000 employees and operates across over 35 countries and six continents. It has its roots in South Africa, and um, it has a history that dates back over 100 years. Um, in 2019, Belron served over 18 million customers in 30 countries. So it's it's been quite a successful journey. Um, it has a strong focus on, on quality and customer service. In fact, every glass repair and replacement job is, is carried out along the same standards. So we have a technical handbook that's called the Belron way of fitting. And every technician worldwide follows the same rules. And this ensures safety, of course, and um, enables us to constantly increase customer service. It's fantastic. You know, I always think about, I've seen obviously Safelite Autoglass here in the U.S. And I always think about when I uh, see those locations about the thousands of, tens of thousands of different cars and the different windshields that, you know, must the inventory it must take to have the right glass for the right car. Yes. Pretty significant. 
Absolutely. Um, what's the hardest thing you've done as you lead the trademark and domain space in Bell Run? What are some of the challenges or one of the hardest things you've done as you've? So basically, um, global responsibility comes along with the need to litigate in a large number of different countries. And I learned that um, legal systems can be so extremely different from each other and different from what I know. So um, the challenge is to be really open-minded and not to come with um, preconceived expectations for supposedly standard things like can be easy things like just communication with the outside counsel or with partners. So that's, that's a challenge, I think. Um, and also identification of outside counsel in these countries, I believe, is, is really can be really difficult, but is at the same time critical for success. More specifically, I think one of the most difficult cases I had to look after was a very long lasting brand protection battle in Morocco. And after a number of years, actually four or five years, we were eventually able to stop a competitor from abusing our car glass trademark in Morocco. But that was extremely difficult. It took four years, four to almost five years to solve that case? Yeah. Interesting. And do you, in your business in the trademark and uh, domain space, um, is more of a, a trademark issue or do you actually see counterfeit products? I mean, just out of curiosity, it is... That's a very good question. In fact, it's it's because we are services, we're offering services. We don't have counterfeit as such because there is no, well, there's no product really that we offer. It's a service. So um, when we have cases of brand abuse, it's mostly, it's it's repair shops that abuse car glass or auto glass or safe light as a company name. They use that to get credibility. They use your logo to create credibility for their shops. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. So um, as it relates to your uh, business, how do you see tomorrow, you know, in your company? What does tomorrow look like in your job? I think um, generally uh, cost cuttings are probably going to have an impact for everyone who deals with brand protection and growing cost pressure for sure. So we will probably all have to try to do more or the same with less resources. Um and I think probably a smart use of artificial intelligence is a strategy that can be helpful in that regard. Um, but I also think that um, to be able to, to be as efficient as possible, a constant reassessment of processes will be really necessary and will be very helpful. And also, I think in a global environment, we should always try and work on increasing synergies I mean, basically, whenever you have a problem, it's probably not the first time. I mean, someone else in your legal department or a colleague probably has done something similar before. And the core question and the key is really to find that information. So, so I think um, sharing knowledge and storing information will be absolutely pivotal um, in order to achieve these synergies. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think even collaboration or, or, or as you mentioned, you're probably you're not the first person with that problem, you know, and the ability to network, obviously we're challenged in our networking today, given the circumstances, but speaking with others in your industry, other, you know, IP lawyers, you know, at large who may have had this in their business, even though it's a separate kind of business might be able to give thought about how to organize some of those challenges. And, um, is there a particular myth 
about IP lawyers or even lawyers that we should crack the code on? Yeah, well, I believe for some reason, many people tend to believe that lawyers are really boring, old fashioned, you know, risk averse people who say no all the time. Um, I don't know about other companies, but at least at Delron, our legal team is very modern. I mean, we are very down to earth, really trying to think outside the box. And of course, we have to ensure legal compliance. So at some point, we may have to say, okay, this doesn't work. But if that's the case, we always try to think of alternative options and make proposals instead of just saying no. So, so far, uh, we've always found solutions that work for everyone. So not all conservative. You're a modern forward thinking and you look for good solutions, right? (laughs) Well, we may have to say no from time to time, but we do try and, you know, give alternative options, you know. But of course, after all, I mean, legal compliance needs to be taken serious for sure. And there are trademark guidelines and everything to be adhered to. Yeah, makes sense. So uh, Travis Johnson, who uh, leads the policy, uh, vice president of policy for the International Anti-Counterfeiting Coalition, the IACC, we did a podcast with him. And one of the questions he had for you, I don't know if you know him or know of him, but his question for you was, what's your favorite part of the day and why? Oh, (laughs) that's a lovely question. Um, I think it's the early morning because... I wake up with um, a long list of things I would like to do. I'm full of energy and um, yes, and also I, I look forward to the day. I mean, I generally look forward to come to the office before COVID, obviously, and to meet my colleagues. So I would say early morning is my favorite part of the day. Awesome. That's great. And when you think about maybe giving advice to a young person who is, I don't know, entering college or an elementary school person who's thinking about being a garbage truck driver, whatever the case may be. And they say, Marion, what what would you, what do I do? How do I, how do I become successful? What do I, what do I need to do to be a a successful lawyer or successful garbage truck driver? Yeah. (laughs) But I think I would generally um, recommend, strongly recommend to um, go for the IP business. And I I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's a fantastic area of law. It's exciting and um, it's lively. You know, there there are things going on. And the more specific advice I would give maybe um, for a lawyer, but also in general, I think is take your time to reflect on things. And take your time to ask questions and and dare and question things, um, because it's through the questioning that we really get to the bottom of things. Um, And for an in-house counsel, I believe that it's key to really get to know your colleagues well and to get to know your internal clients well and build up a good relationship with them, because it's by really listening um, that we can be able to give pragmatic and commercial advice. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I think sometimes we sometimes can be all in a rush to talk and we don't do as much listening as we need to do. I think that's a certainly a good good advice for sure. Uh, is there someone who's inspired you along your career path? Someone you look as a mentor or someone who uh, really made a difference for you? Absolutely. I was lucky enough to meet various people. Um, firstly, throughout my legal education, I think my um, 
Dr. Red Father was very inspiring to me, and he, I'm so glad that he um, proposed a very um, interesting topic for my legal thesis. Um, and I also was lucky to be able to listen to um, some of the most famous scholars of German law, for example, um, Klaus Voxin. I don't think that you're familiar with his name, but for everyone who studied in Germany, they, they will be familiar. Um, and he was just fantastic because he was making um, very complex things very easy to understand and explained most complex legal questions in a very clear and plain language. And he would even walk around and role play and, you know, sh show how uh, someone was stabbing someone else. And we were all so inspired by him. Um, and later on in my career, I was very inspired by actually our CEO, Gary Lubner and his family, because apart from running a world-class business, they have a strong focus on giving back to society. And they have uh, such a clear commitment to, um, you know, donations and charities. And just to give you an example, um, Berlin has organized a um, charity event, annual charity event every year for 20 years. It's a triathlon um, in the London area where employees come together to run, swim and cycle. And apart from the sportive bit, you know, they also try and, and collect money for a, a good purpose, which is Africa Tikkun. That's a charity organization in South Africa and that supports orphans and poor families in South African townships, actually. And in 2020, with the pandemic, that charity event couldn't happen on the spot. So it had to be a digital event. And we all were running and cycling and swimming somewhere on the ground, taking photos and sending it in. And that was fantastic, really inspiring. That's fascinating. Uh, did it still raise a, a good chunk of money, all, even though it was a digital event? Yes, absolutely, it did. Oh, great. Uh, after this podcast uh, with you, Marian, we're going to be speaking with Stasha Rankic, Senior Brand Protection Manager at Entertainment One. I don't know if you know her, but even if you don't, what's one thing you'd like to know about her? I think it would be really interesting to hear a little bit about, um, apart from all the negative changes the pandemic has brought, if she um, can mention any um, positive impacts as well. and which of these maybe stands out most for her. So that would be really interesting. Well, we'll make sure uh, Stasha, Stasha answers that question uh, when we do her podcast. Well, that's it for us, uh, Marion. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today and share a little bit about your story and a little bit about your company. I think it's fascinating, uh, both your journey and the company in which you work for uh, journey. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It was fun. It was very interesting to learn about your journey, your insights and tips regarding the brand protection space. I have a few key takeaways that really resonated for me and I'll share them with you now. One, dare to question things. It's through questioning that we get to the bottom of challenges. Two, in the current global context, we should work on increasing synergies. Sharing knowledge and storing information will be absolutely pivotal to achieve these synergies. Number three, for in-house counsels, it is really key to get to know your colleagues and your internal clients as well, to have a good relationship with them, to listen. It's how we learn to give pragmatic and commercial advice to one another. That's it for us today. If you've liked what you've heard, check out our next inspiring story from another hero of brand protection.
You can follow us on all of our platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Twitter and LinkedIn. Make it a good day.